Welcome to The Ortho Podcast, the only podcast made by orthopods for orthopods, bringing you weekly updates from the leading journals of orthopedics to your earbuds in 20 minutes or less. Now let's begin. Hey there, this is Dr. Tim Wayne giving you the update on the use of antifibrinolytics in orthopedic surgery. Evidence from this podcast is from the Yellow Journal in 2010 and the Journal of Arthroplasty from April 2014. Now, there's been increasing evidence in decreasing perioperative blood loss, transfusion rates, and provide greater stability to a patient's hemodynamics during surgery. One way to do so is through the inhibition of clot degradation. Pharmacologic agents such as aminocaproic acid and tranexamic acid accomplish this goal. Increased clot breakdown is seen during tourniquet use and is triggered by hypoxia as well as venous stasis due to the increased activation of the enzyme plasmin. Now, we all remember the clotting cascade, right? Plasminogen is the inactive enzyme and is converted to the active form plasmin after interaction with TPA or tissue plasminogen activator. Plasmin then goes on to break down fibrin into fibrin degradation products. Now, when antifibrinolytic therapies such as aminocaproic acid or tranexamic acid are administered, these molecules occupy one of the binding sites on plasminogen and thus prevents the binding of plasmin to fibrin. No binding means no clot breakdown. Now, A lot of the early evidence on the use of these therapies stems from the cardiac surgery literature when applied to patients who go on bicepaps pump as they too have increased rates of plasminogen activation. In orthopedics, multiple randomized studies in total hip and knee arthroplasty demonstrate these medicines result in significant reductions of intraoperative blood loss and transfusion rates of around 50%. For example, Hippala et al. demonstrated estimated blood loss during surgery dropped from 1,500 to 700 cc's and the mean number of units transfused from 3 units to 1. Post-operative blood loss has also been shown to decrease as well, with similar reductions around a 50% magnitude. Reduced intraoperative blood loss has also been shown in randomized studies of adult spinal deformity and pediatric scoliosis cases as well. Some randomized trials show no difference in blood loss, but these are often in studies where the total blood loss is less than one liter. Cost efficacy, and another important aspect, has also been demonstrated through decreased rates of blood transfusions necessary. Now, legitimate concerns of thrombotic complications exist for tranexamic acid or aminocaproic acid, but only in case reports. No increased risk of postoperative MI, stroke, death has been found in multiple meta-analyses. Now, I will go on to mention aprotonin, another antifibrinolytic that you may have heard about. Though this too has been shown to decrease postoperative bleeding and transfusion rates, it functions through a separate mechanism as the other two medications, tranexamic acid and aminocaproic acid. There have been concerns regarding increased rates of MI and 30-day mortality rates with aprotonin, not the other two, and aprotonin is currently not approved for use in the United States.
Now this brings us to our article. The article for this week's podcast is from the April 2014 edition of the Journal of Arthroplasty entitled, A Prospective Study on the Role of Tranexamic Acid in Reducing Postoperative Blood Loss and Total Knee Arthroplasty and Its Effect on the Coagulation Profile. The senior author is Kuldeep Sandhu, coming out of Punjab, India. The study was performed as a prospective paired case control trial evaluating 60 patients undergoing staged bilateral total knee arthroplasty for osteoarthritis. The first knee was performed with the administration of tranexamic acid. Later on, the contralateral side was performed three weeks later and served as, as its own control. Patients with a history of prior thromboembolic disease Stroke, recent MI, coagulopathy, or hepatorenal failure were excluded. Now, the treatment group received an intraoperative dose of tranexamic acid of 15 mg per kilogram as an infusion prior to the inflation of tourniquet, as well as subsequent doses every 8 hours for 48 hours postoperatively. All surgeries were performed by the same surgeon with a standardized technique, and all patients had a postoperative drain kept for 48 hours. The authors found similar starting preoperative hemoglobins between the two groups, but at 6 hours postoperatively, the group receiving the tranexamic acid had a higher hemoglobin of 11.6 versus 10.3. This difference was not seen when comparing pre-op and post-operative hematocrits, however. When evaluating post-operative drain output, there was quite a striking difference, though. The use of tranexamic acid resulted in decreased 24-hour drain outputs from 740 cc's to 334, and after 48 hours, from 724 to 382 cc's. There was also a decreased transfusion requirement of over 50% for the knee receiving the tranexamic acid. No thromboembolic complications occurred in either group, and there were no increased rates of adverse events with the use of this medication. With these findings, the authors recommended the use of tranexamic acid for only the first 24 hours postoperatively, as further administration did not result in increased prevention of blood loss. Though this study is limited by its non-blinded and non-randomized protocol, it does have the advantage of reducing patient-to-patient variation through its paired case control study design. Now what do we get this week? The bottom line on the use of tranexamic acid and aminocaproic acid is that multiple randomized trials have demonstrated its safety and efficacy showing significant reductions in blood loss and transfusion requirements in both the arthroplasty and spine literature and supported in randomized trials and meta-analyses. The magnitude of difference is clinically significant as well, estimated around 50%. These medications appear to be safe, with large meta-analyses not demonstrating increased rates of thromboembolic events, MI, or stroke. This month's article from the Journal of Arthroplasty adds to the body of literature supporting its use, and we think is worth reading further about and potentially considering cases where you may have an estimated blood loss of greater than one liter. 
That's it for this week. 